Hello ladies and gentlemen of Spotify and YouTube. I believe the last episode I forgot to upload it on Spotify. Um, content creation is not uh, my cup of tea. Honestly, I don't drink any tea. I'm more of a espresso guy. I don't get why people ruin their coffee by adding more water and shit like that. You know, I like my coffee strong. Drink it quick, effective. No additional bullshit. This is going to be, you know, tough in the sense um, because maybe I am not going to be able to give you all the answers that you are looking for, but I hope to provide some some context. You know, for me, it's very important that, um, you know, my integrity remains um, intact of course i need to know exactly what needs to be kept secret and what needs to be kept you know internal uh, secret sounds like it's some some malicious you know uh, some illuminati you know some freemason gang but it's a question of understanding the context of everything that a group goes through you know Everything that you guys get to see in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the content that is being made and, uh, you know, the, the matches on stage, contextually, that is a very small part of our day-to-day, -day, you know, as a group. And um, I want to start this um, whole Voice of Imaro by saying that uh, there, there is no, no way to blame there's no way to blame um, a single person. It makes no sense, you know? It's like we we are a, a group of people and uh, in essence, uh, we had some challenges, you know? Which any group of people has, you know? Every time, every team has their own challenges and the, the, and the question is always how you, how you deal with those challenges as a group. And um, you know, the tricky thing always with, with spring... Um, now let me let me tell you guys, like just paint the picture of um, of the tricky part about how spring functions. So you you walk into spring most of the time you have a, a new roster on your hand, and um, this is, you know, something. I'm trying to think back if there was any like there was one point in time where with splice we walked in with into. 2016 into 2017 with the same roster, right? But it's very rare that the same roster remains. And even in a world, even in a world where um, you make one change, two changes, the dynamic of the group changes. And in order for an individual to find success within a group and make a group successful, you need to adapt yourself. And the tricky thing always when you head into spring is that um, whether you like it or not, you come in with expectations, right? You, you come in with expectations of what you need to be as an individual. You come in with expectations of the other players too, because you've created an image for yourself of what these players are. And you have to navigate yourself within the span of three months within that group. And 
three months in terms of uh, the the timeline that is, you know, in order for you to make, you know, significant changes and really, really, you know, try to, you know, get to the point where, you know, everything is running fluid. Three months is very little time, right? So you need to be very, very effective in, in what you're doing. And then on top of that, you know, with, with the issue, with, with the difficulty that, that the spring split is, you know, you come in with the expectations, you jump into spring split, you have very limited information about how people are going to function together. And this is something that you have to navigate, right? And on top of that, you have the additional challenge that every team faces that League of Legends is a game where you're committing to five players from from day one, right? You're committing to five players from day one, and very rarely is an organization equipped to, you know, make changes as they go, right? Like, a whole split could be ruined if someone gets sick, maybe someone gets injured, and all of a sudden the whole split is shattered, right? That type of risk is not something that you deal with in traditional sports. Sure, you have like some some stars, right? That you that kind of you know make the essence of the team that you're relying on and so forth. And there's definitely a lot of that. But in essence, there is in most teams a quite deep bench, and there is an opportunity. There's an opportunity for. Um, people to actually rest and recover. But in reality, you're in a situation where you're committing to five players and you need to make it all the way with these five players. This is the truth for most organizations in, in esports. And I'm to not talking necessarily only about Fnatic, right? And this also comes with a lot of difficulties, right? And, you know, for us, you know, as a group, once again, you know, I, I hold myself um, very accountable and responsible. Right? I am happy when people get angry. Right? I'm happy when people talk shit. I'm happy when people, you know, call for my neck and, and, and so forth. You know, it just means people are, are passionate, you know. So I don't mind it at all, you know. Everyone's going to, you know, interact with the fandom aspect of a sport in whatever way they seem, you know, uh, whatever whatever way they find the most enjoyment, right? Whether that's through anger, whether that's true, through support, being nice, you know? It's like in esports, uh, the, the competition and it's like as a coach and uh, the players are very, very close to the fandom, right? That's a, that's a big difference, you know? I couldn't imagine, you know, like some of the biggest stars in, in traditional sports are definitely, you know, aren't that close, right? And there's beauty in that in esports, right? There's opportunity in that. I'm inherently very grateful because I am very fortunate to be able to be working with the with the job that I am working, right? It's like there's, there's so many games out there that 
are just completely dead even though like for example i love bloodline champions as a game that game was completely dead completely dead like that game was completely awful no one watched it no one gave a shit about it but i love that game you know bloodline champions I remember back in the day, Mithy was Mithy was actually a pro player in Bloodline Champions. I think he was a literal world champion in Bloodline Champions. But nevertheless, right? The the, the fandom in the community is is an essential part of the success of an enterprise that relies on the idea of entertainment, right? The only real value that we are providing is entertainment. So the community is is essential, and as Humans, you know, as humans as a generality, you know, I'm quite numb, right? Sadly, I'm quite numb to what, what people say uh, because this is the only way to to kind of um, operate yourself in a position where you are dealing with the public, right? Because if, if I begin to take anything personal, which uh, I don't, right? I don't take anything personal if someone... Uh, it's like it's talking bad about me, talking nice about me. I can't take it personal. Because if I would be in that position, then, you know, in the end, I would fall apart and I would get to the point where anyone could control me with just a simple use of words. And if, if I expose myself to that, it could be very dangerous. And as human beings, I think I'm also speaking about generality. It's, it's very normal to gravitate and to focus on negatives, right? I, I know that genetically speaking, this was something that was relevant to our survival. And a lot of things are genetically wired wrong for us in, in, in the day that we live today, right? Social media, the way we have access to food and so forth. A lot of the instincts we have as humans aren't necessary anymore, right? I could imagine like in, in, in the past, we've talked about it, you know, you you... You were curious about negative, so to speak, negative information that were, could be potentially dangerous to you because it was essential for your survival. You know, imagine you live in a village of 25 people, you know, that negative inf information spreads fast and it could mean the difference between life and death, you know? So, oh, my uncle ate this deadly mushroom. Watch out for this deadly mushroom. And then that information spreads and we had, you know, this this idea of being attracted to that information and, and, and paying attention to that information because it meant either survival or not. And the same way a lot of the algorithms have been developed uh, in, in social media, it's, there's a recognition in the pattern that people like to interact with things that rile them up. And that's why in a lot of cases, while the majority of fans are quite loving and caring to send good message, and I appreciate all of those fans, you know, it's easy for someone to focus on the negative. Imagine you have a board, okay? You have a board, you have a wooden board, it's completely flat, completely flat. You, you brush your hand on top of it and it's completely smooth and in essence, it is perfect, except for this little dent in it, right? Every time you cross your hand over that board, you're going to notice the dent in it. And all of the perfection is going to be, you know, missed out on due to this one imperfection that your mind naturally focuses on, right? 
So I want to take this time to uh, thank all the fans for the support, their good messages, you know. I needed some time off to to uh, realign my thinking. And um, I think um, there was some frustration in the community. There was the Twilong long and so forth, which, you know, I think, uh, you know, us losing to, to, to G230 was, was kind of a tipping point where a lot of things seemed to come out, you know, but... In the end, you know, my only focus is, is the competition part. And, you know, for me, from a performance standpoint, you know, of what I am proud of and what I have put my life work into, that week where we lost against Rogue and we lost against G2 on a personal level was quite uh, shameful to me, you know, quite embarrassing to me. And uh, I took some I took some days off to to truly get my mind right and to readjust and to find uh, my spirit and my fire again. And um, you know, in my mind now, you know, you have to look at everything that happens in your life, everything that you get get gets thrown into your direction. You have to look at it as um, an opportunity to to adjust your path and to find better ways of doing what you're doing. You know, you always need to be reinventing yourself. Because if, in my mind, you know, if I was the same coach this year as I was last year and the year before, you know, I would be quickly, very quickly outdated, you know? I've been the coach that has played uh, the most matches in the LEC. You know, I've been, even though I was in Korea and I, I even casted for the splits, you know, uh, like I've been um, quite busy. You know, and if I remain the same person, um, if if the challenges remain the same, I wouldn't be so interested in coaching. But the excitement of it is always there's new challenges approaching. You're racing with other teams that are also, you know, fighting with the same challenges. And uh, this time around in spring, G2 managed to figure out those challenges better than us and, and, and Rogue. So looking back at our split, you know, it's like we we had a very good thing going, you know, right? And um, on, on our end, you know, we did find a very high level of performance. And, you know, in, in my mind, still on paper, I think on paper we had and still do still have the best roster. Uh, you know, I, I want to keep working with this roster, of course. I want to keep working with this group because we have so much more information to um to work with to then you know make the group function better and i repeat for those people that are listening to this for for me to like spill some 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 crazy detail i'm just trying to give you guys context that applies to maybe every team right you know, on our end, uh, you guys know that there was the rumors of, of, of our scrim performances, right? And this is something that we struggled with, right? Uh, it's like finding a good balance of what we wanted to achieve in scrims. This was something that was challenging for us. But coming into the weekends, we always managed to find the essence of what we needed to get out of practice, right? And there's a lot of risk with that, right? There's a lot of risk with that because eventually, you know, that, that magic kind of runs out when you reach the point where you you lose, right? I feel like, uh, you know, that, that best of five series against Rogue was similar to what 
a bad scrim day would look like, right? And this was the first time something crept in to uh, really, really, you know, shatter this this image that we've built in our mind of what our confidence is coming into the playoffs, right? And due to you know our our scrims and how fast we were improving as as a group that last week uh, coming into uh, the the finals weekend we couldn't get as much out of it as we needed to in order to be ready to beat both G2 and and, and Rogue on the weekend and that is something that you accumulate over the span of the split and always when you work with a group you you learn so much about each other you know it's like often the approach that I take in um, most teams that I work, like with, with every team that I work with, honestly, is I give a lot of freedom uh, to players. Right? I give a lot of freedom to players because in the end, you know, we are in a, we're in a situation where um, I need to learn a lot about their, the players. And also we're in a situation where we're committing to five people and we have players with um, a lot of um, history, right? We have players with a lot of history. And coming into spring, you align your expectations a certain way and sometimes you hit right and sometimes you hit wrong, right? And now as a conclusion of our spring split, we have a lot more information and uh, a lot of those expectations were were misaligned right and i think it's very wrong to be in the mindset of looking for someone to to blame you know sure you can blame me that that's completely okay but you know we are always you know what we show on stage is what the collective is right and when you're walking into a best of five and you're less certain about things and we're all moving into that best of five hoping that a lot of the magic that we've managed to create throughout the split, that we can recreate it, uh, you know, players tend to look individually worse in those moments, you know, because they try to overcompensate and they try to to fix things that are not functioning within the game. And when you have to think about so many other aspects and you try to, to, to make things happen in the game, then you naturally look worse uh, within the game, right? And that's what occurred for us. And if there was anything that I would point to as a failure on, on my part is that we as a group, after that loss against Rogue, what we built over the span of the spring split, we weren't ready to, uh, to fix some of the gameplay issues that we had within the span of the week coming into the weekend against uh, uh, G2 and um, and Rogue I think you know a lot of people are talking about the draft 
and I understand why that becomes a focus point because in the end this is what people see and I mentioned before already people are uh, just reacting to the two percent of what they get to see from a team and that's fair right that's the game like this is it's like us playing on stage that's us showing showing our art form right this is the museum of fanatic and this is us and i think it's a bit sure there can be adjustments in draft that we can do better right but i think the community generally speaking is very quick to say that if a team loses, then it's because their draft is worse. And I can assure you that um, with where we were at gameplay-wise, which once again I hold myself very responsible for, right? This is this is completely on me. Where we were gameplay-wise, where we um, we were not better than G2 and Rogue coming into that specific weekend in that specific weekend and I say specifically that weekend because there were many weeks throughout the split where we were the best team in in Europe right but that doesn't matter it really doesn't matter I don't say it because it matters no the only thing that fucking matters is how the fuck do you play when you're playing the last game of the fucking split you know that's the only thing that fucking matters in that moment, we were not good enough. We were not strong enough. And and the other teams were, were better. G2 and Rogue were better in that moment. So Vnadi was the best team for best of one, but not best of five. Not necessarily. It, it, it's more about. It, it's not necessarily about the, the the how the best of system is 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 being deployed. It's more about the the form and the idea that you have achieved together as a group in 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 order to figure out how you want to play together. You know, you figure out things that function, and then other teams are racing against you, and they figure out things that might throw you know, wrenches into your cogwheels and then you need to bounce back. You know, it's like it's like a it's like a chase, right? It's like say, let's say we're here and then G2 figure something out, they jump up to here and then we need to catch up and then it's like a race, right? And then in a lot of cases you race against yourself, you need to always, always get better, get better, get better. Right? Yeah, definitely the reverse sweep was was very rough on us. Right? You have very little t time to um, uh, to bounce back, and um, you race against teams that uh, you know come uh, with momentum. Right? It's like Rogue beat us, momentum. You feel good coming into that week of practice. G two back to back three zeros. You think that saying Parma, if we don't win split, it's a failure? No, I don't think that's that's a problem. Uh, like I don't think, 
I think if, if if players aren't capable of hearing that, then you know, I don't think they're fit to be <laughs> top fifty players in in Europe, because remember that's what they they are, right? They are the top fifty players in in Europe, even higher so. In my mind, not winning uh, with such a roster on a personal note, on a, on a personal level, it's a failure. You know, I see it as a failure. And failure, you know, can be a heavy word for some people. But for me, it's like a, a scar that I wear pr proudly, you know, in, in the sense that I'm going to make sure that this this pain that we've gone through is is fucking worth it, you know. Do you think what happened to Fnatic is comparable to what happened to Vitality? I don't know what happened to Vitality. I don't know what happened to Vitality. On our end, you know, it's like... We... No one person was the problem. But the issue that you face is that we as a group, we also couldn't find the solution. And um, I think after the best of five against Rogue, we lost a lot of our confidence. Uh, we tried to recuperate ourselves within the week coming into the final weekend, and it just wasn't enough. You know, before that, you know, things go by so fucking fast. It's like, at the end of spring, I think we were playing quite well. Uh, we took a we took a week break. We we practice. We got it's like I, we took a week break and then we got hit with COVID. So we had two weeks of COVID, and that was a bit messy. Like before playoffs, um, well, we got hit with two weeks of COVID and then we played our first uh, best of five series against G two, right? And and every team gets hit by COVID. Like it is what it is, right? We 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 got hit by COVID. That was uh, tricky. But then we beat G two. And um, G2 managed to improve a lot after the first best of five that we played. They as a group from outside, they they seem to have good cohesion and a good idea of how they wanted to solve problems. I think G2 by far was the most improved team in playoffs. And that matters a lot, right? That That matters super, super much. You know, the energy that you maintain, the mentality that you maintain. Uh, because playoffs is fast, but at the same time, it's quite hefty and long, right? And that's super, super important. Uh, G2 managed to to capture uh, the essence of that, and uh, they managed to improve super, super fucking much, right? So props to them. I don't want to take anything away from them, right? They, uh, they did a really, really good job. I think in the end, you know, we um, that that final week where we, of course, lost very fucking badly. Our weaknesses throughout the split were very highlighted, and we didn't have enough time to to solve them. You know, we weren't equipped as a group to to solve them.
I, I've read a lot about how people are speculating that, uh, you know, there's overconfidence and so forth. No, there isn't any of that, you know. It's like I, I even saw that people were, like, posting, like, upset solo queue count. But, you know, this man has is, is playing so much fucking solo queue, but he's playing on, on, on accounts that are not known to people. Uh, and there's that, you know. Will the Fnatic lineup stay the same? I want it to stay the same. Is Champion Pool an issue in Fnatic? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, I, I think if if need be, uh, the players are capable of playing a lot of champs. Maybe there were some champions that we underestimated in terms of strength that the other teams played. I think Javan is a specific one. Uh, we could have maybe played more Ari. Um but these are not champs that the players are not capable of learning. It's just, um, you know, you build a view. You said one player is the issue? No. Uh, definitely not. There's, uh, there's, no, there's no one player that is the issue. It's like, we as a group had problems. Every group has problems. But we managed to not find the solution, right? We didn't find the solution. Uh, Lord Flab, let me see what, what you wrote. We always hear people talking about teams having problems, trying to solve them. So let's look back at the two Worlds 2021 finals. Did Tom and Kia win because they had no problems at all? Because nobody had vendor problems on the team to penalize them for it. It's... It's like problems is, is a weird way to, 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 to phrase it, right? It might not necessarily be problems. But then again, we don't know what's happening inside of, 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 of Dam 1, or any team for that matter, in order for them to, to piece together and how to get on the same page in terms of how they want to play League. That is, in essence, always the, 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 the challenge. You need to have players that are on the same page, want the same thing, united by the same goal, and you want people to, you know, invest their energy into the same thing, right? And yeah, they didn't win the, the Worlds 2021. Did, did they win Worlds 2021? This is the ETG one. I don't, I don't keep track of which year it is. So it's 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 like always, you know, what I'm saying is it's natural in a group environment for people to have disagreements, right? And, and and challenges within the group. And how you solve those challenges will determine how you grow and will determine how you, you know, move forward. I don't know how Daman functioned on the inside, but they managed to piece something together, you know, when they won the World Championship back in 2020. They managed to piece something together where they found the right balances uh, to, to highlight their strengths and to hide their potential weaknesses. Okay? You say you had a lot of problems as a group, but you don't seem to have any concrete solutions to fix them. So what will happen in summer? 
I didn't say we have a lot of problems as a group. Um, concrete solutions. You know, I still have a lot of time to think and reflect on it, right? It's like, you know, in, in, in the end, it's always about the same thing. It's about readjusting the process. I think what Youngbuck said is kind of true. Fnatic mid-jungle is scary at the moment. With players of caliber, Razak and you really want to be that scary mid-jungle. Yeah, definitely. I think our, our, our mid-jungle, uh, like the, how they work together is something that uh, that needed to be uh, improved on. That's for sure. I, I agree with that notion. I am talking abstract because the only thing I can provide is is is, um, is context that uh, doesn't divulge information that is going to come back to to bite anyone, right? It's like in the end there will be a conflict of interest if I am beginning to divulge all of the information of an entire split, it wouldn't be fair to anyone, you know? I know other people do, but I'm here to to give you guys as much information as possible to maybe make you guys uh, view things in, in a different light, right? Was Orn unexpected? No. Bibi was playing it in solo queue. We, we had very, very uh, good information that he was going to play Orn. You know, the main thing for me is my job becomes easier the more I know about the players. You know? So I, I, the more and more I know about the players, the more I know which buttons I need to press to get out, to get more out of people. It's like I look back at my career. Summer has always been a way more successful split for me than spring. You look at last year. It's like the first split. You know, it was. It's like the relationship that me and, um, for example. Like, like in spring split, it was a complete mess last year, right? It was a complete mess. And that was also, you know, you come into the, the split with certain expectations and those expectations are just fucking most of the time very wrong, right? And you try to adjust mid-split and then you play catch-up and then you try to figure things out. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. But you are gathering so much information, a wealth of, um, of information, and I begin to learn more and more on, on what works and what doesn't work, right? 
And then coming into summer, I began to understand more and more about Hilly, more and more about Buipo, how to get mo the most out of players like this, you know, what they need in order to, to flourish, right? In spring split, most of the time, you know, it is very momentum-based and, and the foundation you set from the get-go is what is going to be, like, tested, you know? Because true personality begins to show itself when you have controversy, right? When you, when you get the smackdown for the first time, when you, go, when you lose for the first time, when, when you... When you fight for the first time, when you argue for the first time, you know this is when you begin to see some some of the patterns, you know. And for me, coming into summer, that feels good, you know, because always into summer I have more information. I can like align myself and adjust myself, you know. So that makes my job a lot easier, for sure it does. I am a Palestinian, yes. Shenning help, thank you very much for your raid. 219 Shen one tricks uh, in, uh, in the chat. Thank you very much. What are the biggest differences you've noticed among the team compared to last year? I think this is a group that is very hypercritical. That um, really, really... You know is driven by like some parts of the group is driven by high performance some parts of the group is more driven by you know that feeling of togetherness and having fun and then you know you always try to to find some kind of a balance you know last year i think it was buipo Hilly and Upset being a very heavy driving force in terms of how they wanted to play the game. So they truly tried to min-max the elements that they could have impact and control over. So they were very, very good at, um, at uh, finding advantages through bot. Uh, Hypercritical, not hypocritical. Hypercritical. <laughs> Well, I, I knew that G2 was dangerous. You know, in my mind, I thought that if if somehow we're not going to win the split, I thought that I was fairly certain that G2 would be the team that would beat us. That's That's how I felt. Definitely.
Like even though we lost to Rogue, right? In my mind, Rogue, I I, I didn't see them as much of a threat, because in my mind, I think, like Malrang made them really fucking dangerous, but I think the 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 rest of the roster had a certain way of of of, of playing, you know, and. We definitely like collapsed pretty fucking hard in the best of five against Rogue. We we couldn't find traction and we tried to find comfort in, in what we knew. You know, a lot of people talk about the TF, but you know, I <laughs> you guys are gonna hate, but I still think TF is a good fucking champ. <laughs> I think TF is really fucking strong. <laughs> and I know that people are gonna fucking hate to hear that, but you know, four games four losses is is not going to be you know enough for me to it's it's not a, that big of a sample size yeah like there's a lot of thought that comes back like it comes to mind in regards to tf not sure you know obviously because we lost right obviously because we lost in that moment with tf uh i Obviously, I can't say anything because we did, in fact, lose with TF, right? So I can't... Obviously, there could be a world where we picked something else, maybe banned Silas or did something different. Maybe the outcome would be different, but that's easy to say, right? That's very, very easy to say. Yambak talked about your TF being insane in scrims. Guys, a TF was fucking insane on stage two. <laughs> Come on. Was, our, our TF was, was nutty. Even though there's, um, even though there's a lot of you know things to to, to work on when it comes to uh, to draft and, and and so forth, there's for sure things to 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 minimax and there's you know definitely things to improve on. But in essence, you know, it's like the the jungle meta and how everything was played. You know, we it, it turned into a very gank heavy style. And this was something that, um, you know, I basically, it's like G2 adopted the, the Malrang style and, and Ivan was ready to do so too. I think when he played Volibear, he was, he was absolutely smashing it. We uh, didn't um, adapt quick enough in that final week. We, we just didn't. And um, it's like we, we struggled with scrims and we, we, we didn't uh, get as much out of scrims as I really wanted to, right? And, uh, you know, we managed to always piece it together coming into that weekend. But then after that best of five against Rogue, we, it, it, was, it was very tough for us to, to, to bounce back. Very tough for us to bounce back. What do Rogue need to do to be taken seriously? Uh, everyone takes them serious. I don't know what makes you think that uh, that they are not being taken serious. 
you know, the, at, at, at the end of the day, just because I think a team is better than Rogue, that doesn't mean I don't take them serious. It's like I take BDS serious, I take Astralis serious. This is not about taking anyone serious. I think you're just um, looking into words too heavily and finding meanings that uh, you only have uh, in your mind. I feel like G2 became the team Yamato was trying to make Fnatic to be. Well, I think I'm, I'm hoping that every coach is trying to um, um, is trying to achieve that, right? It's like you want to create an environment where the group is fighting for something bigger than themselves. You want to create an environment where everyone is pouring energy into solving problems. There was this man who climbed all the, the, I think, the top 12 summits all over the world within the span of a year. He broke some kind of record. He came in and spoke to us uh, back in um, when I was in Vitality, and he was uh, a part of a like, a, like a female rowing team. And the only thing, the only main focus for that rowing team was basically they had one mantra, and this mantra was a question. And the question was, will it make the boat go faster? So they were just, it was a rowing team. So they were just rowing a boat, right? So every, everything was underlined with the idea that it will make the boat go faster. Everyone was united behind the same idea. Everyone was pouring energy into the same idea. And this is what makes a very fucking strong team. It was the same, you know, if you look at, um, you know, the, the old days of... of um, if you look at last year, you know, last year our roster on paper maybe wasn't second place roster. You know, we we lost to um, we lost to Mad Lions in the final, but on on paper I think you know on paper G two was a fucking insane roster, right? And we managed to uh, get to second place, and that is in the end because our mentality was in the right place. We were putting energy into the same thing that moved the team forward. Uh, we um, managed to figure out a way to play that we all agreed upon and we all tried to be specialists within that, you know, within within that way of playing. It's like no one was better than us in, in, in smashing bot lanes, you know? We even carried that through into, into scrims at the World Championship. And, you know, in the end... For us, you know, we weren't a strong group. Uh, we weren't, um, you know, ready to deal with uh, uh, the challenges as a group. And this is something that we need to just fucking refocus, you know? Because now we need to figure out with the information, with the wealth of information we have, And just do better. But Jesus saw the problem after one split and one again. Uh, no, well, keep in mind, it's like 
G2's roster this year has nothing to do with the roster of last year. Nothing to do with it. It's a complete new roster, new coaching staff, new everything. Even this year's roster with us, we have th three new players. It's a completely different roster. It creates a completely different situation, completely different environment. Have you read the tweet longer from a fan that speaks about fanatic management should do? Like, I, I don't care about this. No offense, right? But a lot of those things that are written in that tweet longer from MB have nothing to do with what I care about. I only care about the performance of the team. And the timing of it, it's like there's so much emotion in it that have nothing to do with our performance. I understand that people are pissed about us getting reversed by Rogue and then losing to fucking G2. I'm fucking pissed too, yeah? That I understand completely, you know? And that you can come at me with, you know? Because that's fucking relevant to me, you know? And relevant to what I do, you know? Uh, but in the end, it's like... A lot of those things there is, is, is like, well, what the fuck, you know? Has, have nothing to do with what I care about or what I want to do. Uh, could you say something about Thresh pick? Well, uh, we just wanted to play Thresh specifically into Javan, right? Like the enemy team showed Javan, so we wanted to pick uh, Thresh uh, specifically... into Javan, right? Because... Like, essentially, Thresh is really fucking good in the Javan, right? And Hilly is a great Thresh, but uh, Thresh as a champion has been nerfed a lot and is not the strongest uh, champion in the meta. I think uh, support is a role that needs to often find a champion that pieces your composition together. And I think we put, um, like, I, like with, with, with lining up Hilly to, to play Thresh in those games, I, I, didn't, I don't think I, I put him, you know, in a position to, to really succeed. Yeah. I think Thresh is a very fucking hard champ to to to, to play, and uh, it's insanely stressful to to get the most out of this champ in in most games. You know, uh, God bless you, Wukong Mainko, because in the end, like, this is the information you're working with, right? And you have every right to, to, to speculate. But you, you see a clip of a player and you base your whole idea of, of what this person is going through in a moment based over that one clip. I think no one is equipped well enough to make such instantaneous psychoanalysis uh, in, in the span of a clip. You know, 
when you play a best of five, you go through a wide range of uh, emotion, uh, right? And this is the challenge of it, you know, to, to keep a mind in the right space and to bounce back after losses, right? And this is just something that you go through as, as a player, you know? Would you say the gameplay in the split was too one-dimensional? Um, what what do people mean when they say that we are one-dimensional? Right? It's like... Usually, the way you... <laughs> the way you win games looks quite similar, right? It's like inherently, a lot of the aspects of the game could be perceived as one-dimensional. <laughs> Fnatic did not force me to dress less uh, flamboyant. I wouldn't call how I dress flam flamboyant. Is first strike chemtech the correct way for Javan? Isn't concrete gracious and better for him? Honestly, I would consider fucking going spellbook. Uh, G2 players said that Fnatic were part on stage and that they are in different rooms and so forth. Uh, definitely, we, we didn't have uh, that level of cohesion as, as a group that uh, I want to achieve uh, with the group, you know? I, on a personal note, felt quite um, ineffective, you know? And that is, uh, of course, my fault alone. It's like people are playing uh, First Strike on Java because they want uh, inspiration and then they want uh, Resolve uh, in the second tree. Spellbook is kind of nice because you get an additional summoner, but you are a little bit weaker. Another inside boom and drama? No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... It isn't an inside boom, you know? It's just... The way to, to perceive it is, it's, it's like... You... G2 managed to do a lot of things better than us. Right? And they got rewarded for that. They won the split. Because it's like, we didn't have a solution for the fact that they shut down our bot site. Well, that's the game, brother. 
it's like when we played against G2, they controlled both side river really fucking well. They uh, had the whole Orn plan. They played from mid into bot. They were much better uh, than us at connecting with uh, jungle support mid, and then they pressured into bot. And that's the game. That doesn't make us one-dimensional. They just played better in the style that we are apparently one-dimensional in. A lot of the games that are being played are being played in that fashion, right? It's like if you if you look at the patterns that pro league games follow, most of the time it is indeed a lot of the action happens around both side river and then both side river, 7.38 minute, transfer that pressure into rift based on the reaction of the enemy and your own setup for the rift, you continue, right? You can play topside also too, right? But it always depends on what people pick. It's like, if we pick a champion and the enemy responds with a specific champ, it might change the plan of what we need to achieve and what we need to do. It's just that um, you know we've um, we've we've played a very similar game. Of course, champions have changed a lot, but the game has been uh, been very has been very similar for quite some time, right? And it's like if you have pressure bot, you enable your support, and then. You can play through mid and then into bot and then you can control the map right and um, then you play the game on two lanes and then as long as you are uh, like are ahead on tempo you can make the active play into bottom side and then if you're behind on tempo you make the defensive play into the opposite side and, and then you continue right that's what i meant feels like we didn't adapt to them being better on that side of the map well the thing is it's it's like if if you start to try to break the enemy Orn, okay, and while you're getting fucked mid and f getting fucked bot, that's just you being worse. That's not you having a bad, like a bad game plan. That's just you being worse at the game, and we were worse at the game uh, in the best of fights against uh, in the best of fights against G two. We were just worse as a team. There isn't some strategical way to cheat your way out of this core concept of the game. They were better in terms of how they managed the bot side river. Jungle, mid, support, how they connected, they just did this quite well. So the, the main things that G2 did well is they connected with mid-jungle support very well and they played very disciplined. So they really refrained themselves from, from giving out freebies in terms of the macro and, um, and that's it. They played better as a team and when you're in a situation where the enemy plays better as a team, you can't blame one individual. 
it's it's like it's just not how the, the game works. It's like at the end of the day, right? I, I repeat, guys. It's like throughout the split, we had many good moments. We had weaknesses throughout the splits that were very highlighted in, in, in the last weeks of the split. And that is, of course, very important because the last fucking matches of the split is what defines the split, right? And, uh, you know, the way we lost is, is quite shameful and, and very disappointing. But we had a lot of moments where we were definitely the strongest team in Europe. Not that that fucking matters, but there were a lot of things that we did right. And coming into the final weeks of, of, of playoffs, our weaknesses became very heavy and it hurt our confidence. And then within the games, you try to find solutions to the problems and you try to overcompensate. And that makes people look individually worse too. And um, when your foundation gets shattered like that, it becomes very tough to to bounce back and ideally you know i as a coach have have created together with the players a foundation that is strong enough to to deal with any fucking challenge any fucking problem but in this week uh, we weren't and uh, i blame myself for that i take responsibility for that and i will reflect on it and i will make sure to do to uh, a lot fucking better Can you comment on the scrim situation? Yeah, we were not so strong in scrims. You know, we had our moments when things went well, but it was more rare than 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 not. I think we um, we we struggled with our performance in scrims, and um, there was um, a lot of trust hinged on the idea that uh, you know, as individuals, people are going to get their shit together, and um, instead, in a lot of cases, we. We tended to like spiral in a, in a scrim day where if if someone wasn't uh, putting in the effort, then it was used as, as, as an excuse not to put additional effort. And then it just became, you know, harder and harder to, to go through the scrim day. And this is something that, of course, you know, coming into that final week was was very heavy on us, you know. Was Perks right? Like with, with us playing bad in scrims? Well, to be fair, it's like... You know, they, they were so big to talk about scrims, but... Yeah. It's, it's like self-made. Self-made is a scrim machine, you know? He's just 
Selfmade is very good at shitting on people that care maybe 5, 10, 15% less about the game. He's, he's really, really good at abusing the shit out of people. Every scrim game, Selfmade is fucking 10 0, you know? And then you walk into stage and then you fucking you you don't know how to play the game. Because you only know how to win when your jungle is 10 0. You know? We had this fucking issue in spring, you know? In in spring, when I was working with self-made, you know. Like self-made is not a problem, right? <laughs> it's such a silly, it's a silly thing. It's like when we, when we are preparing for Schalke, right? And we're screaming. Self-made is legit fucking breaking everyone's ankles. 10-0 every game. We go on stage. Not 10-0. Fuck, man. Well, how do we play the game? <laughs> we don't know how to play the game. And I remember the conversations. It's like, hey, guys. Even though you're fucking ahead, let's practice the principles. Let's practice the things that matter, you know? So, but yeah, but I, I can win this 1v4. I'm Olaf, man. It's like, yeah, but you don't need to. Let's let's practice fighting with good numbers. Let's 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 practice, you know, you know, the, the, the principles of the game. Uh, these are the things that will matter, you know? We need to practice actively something. Selfmade is cool. I, I like Selfmade. You know, it's like we he, he went to Vitality, right? We 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 sold him and put put, put jungle, but you know, I, I have nothing but love for, for Oscar. You know, I think he he has he has great potential. You know, truly truly great potential. But having having Oscar on your team in scrims is definitely gives you. Gives, gives you superiority complex <laughs> about how good you are. <laughs> Don't you think they should remove the lower bracket system? <laughs> no fucking way. I know we lost to G2 after beating them. And the, a, a bitter part of me could say, no, I, we got second place. We lost against Rogue. That was the real final. Nah, nah, no fucking way. Lower bracket is insane. Lower bracket is good shit, you know? As... As 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 Jesus competitor, it fucking stains, you know. It's fucking salt, pepper, and lemon juice in the wound when G two just fucking won, right? But lower bracket is is a blessing. Lower bracket is a is is a is a blessing. And I'm sorry, you know, guys, that I can't provide you guys with additional context, but this is just how, how the business works, you know? This is just how the business works, and this is how I keep my own integrity, you know? It's like, I have, you know, if, if I look back at my past career, you know, there's been so many moments where, you know, if if things got out, you would view you would view so many things in different lights. There would be low points of my life if, if they were th thrown out there without the context that I would look fucking terrible. That's why, you know, what happens in a team stays within a team, you know? And 
the main thing that I wanted to make sure that has been said is that in no fucking world does it make sense to blame one individual for what our, you know, final product was. We were not strong enough as a group. We weren't prepared for the challenges we faced and we weren't prepared for these versions of G2 and, um, and Rogue. Right? We weren't prepared and we didn't deal with those things in those moments the right way. We didn't bounce back the right way. And G2 and Rogue were the better teams on those days. I want to give props to G2 for figuring this stuff out. You know, their, their run is definitely, you know, a great fucking run. You know, they were fucking trash, in my opinion, during the regular split. But they showed a lot of good things in scrims. That's why I thought in my mind that G2 would be our toughest competition. And it felt good to to beat them, right? Felt very good to beat them in the first uh, best of five. They managed to re recover really, really well, find their identity, find their ideas in draft. And they found ways to, to play together as a group. And um, they beat us. And that fucking stings, you know? But that's the fact of it. There's no fucking juicy drama. There's no nothing, you know? We can improve how we do our process in terms of how we're going to improve as a group. This is very essential. How our cohesiveness is uh, in the day-to-day -day situations. How we tackle problems as a group and how we funnel our energy into the same thing do you think you played well versus g2 the first time well i we, we, we played decent i'd say but g2 definitely didn't play that great right g2 definitely didn't play that great we we made that those there were some moments we made those games definitely harder than they needed to be i'm not saying that that best of five was perfect but what mattered, right, is that we played better than G2 on that day, right? I definitely, like, if, if you're looking in this playoffs for like some super high level gameplay i don't think this spring split playoffs was it right it's like if, if if i look at how everyone played i don't think it was like some wow this this league of legends is is what everyone's gonna fucking remember no 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 that's that's not my point definitely not my point Thank you, Applicate. For me, it looks like Fnatic was the most affected team from the TP changes in the offseason. So this, once again, you know, in the context of the the whole run, there were moments in spring where I would say that we were the best team 
the best team in the region, right? There were moments. So I don't think you can say just, oh, TP change. No, it's like TP change was, was, was nice. I like this TP change. But a bottling can breathe. They don't get TP done. Yeah. Was the quality of playoffs impacted by the really long break? I thought the long break was kind of weird. We were kind of lucky too. Like we 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 had the one week break, and then we come back and we all get COVID. So we're just sick for for two weeks. Sucks. Well, it's just fucking rough, right? But no excuse, right? <laughs> like all of the teams got fucking sick at some point. Do you personally believe Vitality will improve much towards summer if they stay with the same roster? Well, it, it, it depends. It, it's so hard to say from outside, you know? It's so hard to say from outside. It's it's very difficult to say from outside because I, I don't know. And what I do know are things that I can't share. So I don't even want to give my opinion on it. Because then friends of mine will know that I talked and whatever the fuck, you know? No, 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 no. This is This is too dangerous. Too dangerous, my friend. Are you in some sort of mafia? No, I'm not. You know, that's 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 what makes those teams that are strong for a longer period of time so fucking impressive. There's very few of those, right? Very few teams are dominant for a very long amount of time, because the challenges you face are always going to be very different, because patches change, metas change, mentalities change, energy changes, effort changes, and you're relying on the same five players over and over again. That is a very difficult aspect of the game. Very difficult aspect of the game. That you are playing with the five same players over and over again. At any point in time, let's say I'm a player, right? And, and I'm a part of this fucking really successful team. I get hit by a car. Boom. Right? I get hit by a car, all of a sudden the fucking the foundation of the team gets fucking shook and you have to kind of start from scratch, you know? It's it's like, you know, anything can fucking happen, you know? Let's say, you know, uh like this is this is uh, this is just the, the tricky thing. It's like you, you you have five players, you you are committing to an idea and you need to make sure that these five players align with the, within those ideas and nothing in life happens that is disruptive enough to to shake that foundation and those ideas that is the tricky thing about esports in a lot of cases because you have five players only 
You go into the world championships, like every fucking team in the world has fucking substitutes out of their fucking ass, you know, when you look at uh, traditional sports. It's very difficult. Damon 2020 was really dominant, yes. But, Damon 2020, I can tell you as well, Damon 2020, in spring, they weren't as dominant. Right? It's like if we look back at, at, at Damon in spring, did they even win spring? I don't even know if they won spring. I'm trying to remember. Did they win spring? 2020, did they, did they win spring? Look, they, they didn't win spring. So basically, 2020, right? You, you, you said that that one was really fucking dominant. But 2020, they were fifth place in the round robin. And then they lost to DRX. Fourth place. Mid-season cup went 1-2. They got sixth place. Then they got LCK Summer first place, Summer Playoffs first place, and then they won Worlds. And then they won Casper Cup too, right? So my point is, it's insanely fucking hard to be dominant for a very long time. And any team that has managed to do that, really fucking impressive, right? Yeah, in summer they, they brought in Ghost, I believe. Right? They they removed nuclear and brought in Ghost. You weren't there on Griffin or not? No, I was in Sandbox. So it's like the challenge of, of maintaining form is that all the other teams are chasing you, right? All the other ch teams are chasing you and they're trying to undermine what you're doing and try to figure out what you're doing. You need to maintain form. You need to always understand the patches. You need to maintain energy. And at the same time, you need to make sure that the, the five players that you're working with are intact as, as, as humans and that they are in the right place, you know, with everything going on in their life, right? That is very challenging. And sometimes requires a bit of luck. EDG won Worlds. Where are they now? EDG won Worlds. Where are they now? Do you get me?
Do you think the traditional sports coaching would work in esports? Now, the tr tricky thing about traditional sports coaching coaching is that um, you d you as a coach can't necessarily enforce all your beliefs and your values onto a roster because if if players don't align you can switch them out and you can work with them and you can find players that fit within your system but the way it works for me is that i get a platter of, of five players you take players that you believe will perform good in your environment and then you try to piece it together in esports players have a lot more power In traditional sports, it's you do your fucking job or, you know, you benched. And esports is not quite the same, right? Do you regret anything from the split? Regret is tricky, you know? It's like, if I went back in time, would I do a lot of things different? Yes. Yes, I would. But I think I could say that about almost anything, you know? Regret, you know... In my mind, I feel that I did try my best, you know? I did put everything on the line. I did try my absolute best. But it wasn't enough, right? So I just need to adjust how my effort is used, you know? Because the issue wasn't effort. It was just the effort wasn't correctly placed. Because there were certain things that could be difference makers that maybe if more effort and time was put into this specifically, then it would have been better. But that is just the process of life, right? You learn. You, you learn how your distribution of energy can be more precise and efficient to achieve the goals that you set out to achieve. So regrets? No. I tried my absolute fucking best, right? My best will become better because I will look at what we went through and I will readjust, right? To make the execu execution more precise.
Why do you put so much emphasis on precision and perfection? Because this is what you need to strive towards, right? I think always, always you need to strive to become the absolute fucking best in whatever you're doing. Because otherwise you can't be honest with yourself. If you don't put your mind to something in a way where you want to achieve the absolute fucking best, you can't be honest with yourself about what your effort is. Too many times, it's like, yeah, I was trolling, oh, I was tired. It's like, you, you, can, you can line your pockets with as many fucking excuses as you, as you want if you don't aim as high as possible. Because only then, when you're actually trying your best, you can actually see what you're capable of and then improve on that. Fun is allowed, sure. You can have fun. I have, I have, I have, I have fun doing that. Your apartment is a mess. Um, I don't think it is. A uh, little bit one is more about you, you, you jump. It's like, basically, you don't dip your water in the pool. You fucking jump to see how you react, you know, and how you adapt to it. You jump. Yeah, I think that's the only way of, of living. But that's, that's me, right? That's just how I am. I accept my mistakes and I accept... Me being wrong. Like I've I've been in League of Legends for, for 11, 12 years. I've been wrong many times. And I've learned from it. And that's why I'm here today. You know? I'm around today because I chose to learn from the things that I did wrong. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in making mistakes, eh? So if you look at the at the goat of the game, right? Fucking faker, right? He comes back swinging. This split, they broke records. Didn't lose a single set. Incredible, right? He keeps coming back. Wins World 2013, loses Regional Finals 2014. Comes back 2015, wins Worlds again. You know? It wasn't dominance, 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 and then, like, Faker disappeared. No, he came back. He came back. Resurrection, you know? Came back from the... You know, he figured out a way. But all in all, just so I don't walk in circles, you know, it's like, it makes no sense to, to blame one person. I don't mind at all if people blame me. Because in the end, the cohesiveness of the team and how the team functions and how, you know, mentally strong we are coming into those best of fives, that's on me, you know? So I, 
I take responsibility for that, right? As a group, there wasn't one player that was the issue. But our problem was that we couldn't find as a group the solution. So we weren't the solution either. And that's the main thing, right? Because every group is going to go through issues and hard times. Our weaknesses were very... Our weaknesses, we had some, you know? We, we definitely had plenty of weaknesses in terms of how we, our process was and how we manage our day-to-day. -day. You guys heard about the scrims and, and so forth, right? And that was insanely highlighted to us in the Rogue Best of Five and then coming into that week that prepared us for the weekend, you know? As, as a team throughout the split, we had a lot of struggles within scrims that we tried to solve and we couldn't piece it together in a way where everyone was happy with how our day-to-day -day looked like. And this was a very heavy thing for us. But we managed always to perform in the, the stage matches. And that is what always, you know, drive home, like drove home our confidence. When we lost against Rogue, a lot of the things, that we, the foundation we were standing on was shook, right? And that reliance on that stage performance, you know, it forced us to rethink. And in that time span, while G2 was improving, we couldn't keep up, you know? And that's it. G2 did a good job. I don't even know what people are arguing about in chat. Like, um, this is this is this is crazy. Yeah. And keep in mind, this you know, you know, that that week of practice coming into that last best of five, we're screaming against Rogue, we're screaming against the RL teams. You know, at that point, you just fucking you, we we were fucking committed. You know. To try to start from scratch there would be very dangerous, you know? We screamed against Fnatic TQ, we screamed against Istanbul Wildcats, and we screamed against Rogue. So it's fucking weird. You scream against the, the, the team that you might like potentially play on the weekend, and then uh, you scream against Istanbul Wildcats, and these guys are just fucking picking... Um, they are picking uh, fucking Samira and Kalista, and it has nothing to do with the practice of 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 the stage. The games are fucking bloody as fuck, you know. It's 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 crazy, you know. Fucking holy phoenix, fucking level one flashing on our bot lane. <laughs> uh, played against TQ, and they just came off of their well-deserved vacation, you know. Well, these are uh, these are challenges that you have to face, you know. The other teams had the same challenges, and they just dealt with them better. We we weren't as well prepared as the other teams, and that's it, you know. Is it your plan to have a podcast with Pete? I'm not sure, honestly. It's hard to to find uh, time. It's very difficult to find time. Who are you rooting for in MSI? 
well, no one really, like, fuck all of these teams. I want to fucking beat them all. I'm fucking pissed that I don't go to MSI. Like, I'm going to put my head down and uh, fucking become a monk, you know? Because it's like this fucking shame I feel over these fucking losses is insane, you know? It's like the first days after the, after that fucking loss, I was so fucking pissed off. I was so fucking angry. But now, like, I have managed to manifest this fucking energy into something, you know, concentrated, you know? I want to break the legs of, of G2, you know? It's like fucking the first time we beat them and we kicked them out of worlds where Wunder was fucking there, you know? That felt fucking good. We're gonna fucking redo that. I fucking want it so badly, you know? Props to fucking G2. They did something fucking great this split. But that just fucking makes me... You know, I'm a fucking rabbit dog. I'm gonna fucking come after you. Summer is where I fucking pop off. You know? Summer is my split. In Vitality, you know, in fucking spring. In Vitality in spring, we lost our third place match against fucking Splice. Niski and his fucking snake Casio. 3-2. We lost against them. Boom. You... We went back into summer, won that third place match against fucking Misfits, and Jezuki came with a vengeance and a fury. We had a lot of fucking information that we worked with in spring, came into summer, readjusted, boom, hit the bullets. Unfortunately, right, we were fucking, we lost against Fnatic. Uh, actually, in fucking summer, we lost against uh, Schalke. Fucking upset. Nevertheless, summer was fucking good. We went to the World Championship. The more and more time we had to, to gel together and to, to reflect and to gain information, the better we fucking were. In Splice, our first year, Spring Split, relegation. We were ninth place, I believe. Maybe eighth. I think ninth place we were. Relegation. We needed to re-qualify, okay? Summer Split, second place, baby. We went to Worlds once again. Boom. For me, the more information I have and the more fucking people piss me off in Spring, the better... I fucking become coming into summer. I have a great fucking roster and I fucking meant it when I said with this roster we are supposed to fucking win. I am supposed to fucking win. I need titles and I'm going to fucking make sure that it fucking happens. And I said it was supposed to be happening in spring, right? It didn't happen. You can fucking hold me accountable for that. But as long as I have this fucking job, I'm going to fucking gun for the first positions and that's it yeah last year too we were fucking fifth place lost to Schalke what a fucking embarrassment fucking Dylan Falco man I'm like Manifesting in my mind, Dylan Falco is is my enemy. Fucking Dylan Falco has beat me in many best of fights, man. Need to fucking break him. This year, I he I won one, but he won the more important one. Fucking Dylan Falco beating me in spring. It was Giloto. Giloto is fucking North America. Fuck him. I'm taking it personal. Fucking Dylan. He said on the podcast that the teams will make worlds and some are G2 Rogue and Vitality. God bless him. Fucking, I will see you in my worlds. 
Giloto was uh, 2018 Schalke. What was about Wunder telling that there was a lot of stress? That's just... That's a stressful job, my friend. It's a stressful job. You have players wanting to move the team in a different direction and then it doesn't work and there's a lot of frustration with that and when that frustration occurs it becomes stressful to scrim and it's just the challenge of the game you know Did you watch a Fnatic TQ game at the EU Masters? Fuck's sake, they keep picking Twisted Fate, man. Just fucking fire Yamato Cannon already. Like, even infecting Fnatic TQ with this Twisted Fate pick. Fucking all, all, all Yamato Cannon does for the last two years is just pick TF. And in 2021, no one figured it out until the finals. Niski got to play TF over and over again. And then this year, they nerfed TF, man. What do I do now? I don't know what to do. <laughs> ah, boys. You know, it's like... Maybe there's for sure some adjustment we can do in draft, but... But guys, G2 was just the better team on the day. It has nothing to do with just TF. You know, there's been moments where, like, I've played best of fives, okay? It's 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 so easy to be revisionist, you know. It's like, oh, this TF lost TF lost three games. It's fucking that's a terrible champ. You know, I've won best of fives where I looked my players in the eyes and I said, we're gonna fucking run it back. We're gonna play it again, and we're gonna fucking do it better this time. This is what we prepared, and we can do it better. I've won best of fives like that together with Wunder, in fact. You know. Every fucker told me, like, every fucker told me, he's like, hey, why are you not banning Vichitaji Shen? Why are you giving him Shen? It's like, we prepared GP. And five games straight, we played GP against Shen. I remember that best of five, because people are saying, hey, why are you giving Vichitaji Shen? But in reality, it was, Mickey was fucking griefing it. What does that have to do with the champs that we're playing? I was like, Mickey, get your shit together, man. The draft is good. Get in there, man. Okay. Yeah, play your bard, Mickey. You're gonna be good. Boom. Played back-to-back -back Shen, GP, five games. Against H2K, we played five games of NAR. Wunder just played five games of NAR. Yeah, if, if 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 a draft wins, it's good. If a draft loses, it's bad. Guys, even in this split, there were there were games where <laughs> where after the game, I'm like, yo boys, this draft was fucking trash. I need to rethink a little bit what we're doing. My bad. And then it's like 
the fans is oh Jerry Martin, this draft is so good, man. <laughs> It's, it's funny. But I, I don't judge the fans for it. Because this is what you see. Right? This is what you get to see. It's the same when someone says, yo, there's this clip of Humanoid looking sad. Was he just, he was just mental boom. It's like, yeah, this is what you get to see. You get to see so little. So you try to make your meaning of it. It's the same as a fan. I understand this because it's the same. I watch Drive to Survive. It's like Netflix make it very dramatic. Ooh. Ooh, okay, okay. They give us clips. They, they they give us clips. You watch like Drive to Survive, like it's fucking eight episodes or whatever the fuck it is. You watch it in the span of six hours, and then six they they've mushed together a whole year, a whole year of time into six hours. It's impossible that all contest is grasped, and some level of at some level you know the ego in me thinks that i have any clue about formula one you know so this is fucking you know so i understand it i get it yeah i get it I think it's very difficult to put percentages on, on, on draft. It's like, think of it like this, right? If you eat healthy, I, I don't think a team is going to win worlds off of eating healthy, right? If you eat healthy, you eat whole foods, you, you eat during good hours, you, you keep yourself healthy in terms of what you eat. That can be a bonus. But on the flip side, if you eat like shit... That can definitely, like, lose your whole split. Like, if you just fucking eat burgers, perma-eat burgers, just fucking eat Snickers all the fucking time, and you just your diet is complete shit, and it's like you're just fucking you're going to die within three years, that's, that's definitely something that can, like, really fuck you up, right? So it's more about, you know, draft... Puts you in a position to be very competitive, right? Right? But it isn't the most essential thing. It's like having great draft is in essence similar to the level of eating healthy. It's like the opposite of of eating unhealthy is so fucking negative, but eating healthy is not going to make you the fucking best player ever, right? But eating like shit for sure is going to impact you really fucking bad. So do you guys get the analogy that I'm trying to piece together here? Right? It's like you can have the best diet ever, but if if you're not fucking training and you're not good at the game and you're not fucking working on things really, really fucking well, then, plain and simple, you eating healthy is not going to fucking be the difference maker. Right? So my point is, at the end of the day, I think the US survives. We didn't lose them because I picked TF. Sure, you can blame me for that. I, I know it sounds like even this idea that I am solely responsible for draft 
is a bit silly because we, we draft together, right? We make these decisions together. It's a group effort, the draft. A bad draft can lose you the game on the spot, but a good draft doesn't win you the game on the spot either, right? It's like you still need to execute and you can definitely make it a lot easier in draft. If the enemy takes the invitation to fucking uh, draft bad, Sometimes teams have given me fucking straight up wins. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? This draft of the enemy is fucking trash. It's like I giggle on stage. Hey, guys, fucking this this game is won. You know. And of course, this is a very silly analogy. It's a lot deeper than that and there is you know a lot of strategy that comes to the idea of of draft but in a lot of cases execution is so so important and how you use practice hours is so so important and you read off of the meta is so so important ahead of time uh, coming into a best of five right this is so so important uh, analysts focus too much on draft well it's it's very easy it's very visible, you know? It's a very easy thing to talk about because it's right there. It's a very easy thing to talk about. It's an interesting to talk thing to talk about. Uh, T1 could win with a bad draft versus Astralis, probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. Is expanding champions something that players and knowledge themselves or a coach forces some picks on them? It's it's always a balance. You know, this idea of forcing something onto someone, it's it's not really a thing. It's like forcing someone. It's like I can say, yeah, you need to fucking play this. And I can like raise the level of alertness. But the player can definitely like rebel in that moment. And I'll be thinking very poorly of him, right? But in terms of champion pool, it's 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 a work in progress, right? It's like Hilly can come up to Marigans and say, yo, uh, maybe we should be playing this champ. I've been seeing it a lot. It's fucking good in the game. Because it's like if you play the game, you're interacting with all roles. You see everything. Like you have an opinion about everything. This is just how the game works. If you don't have an opinion about everything that happens in the game, probably you are not like a really, really great player, right? It's the same, it's like, I, I play League when I queue, I play fucking Phil, I play every fucking role because I want to understand every fucking role, right? But yeah, I don't know if this helped you or even confused you. Uh, how do you handle players not wanting to pick what you want in draft? 
It's like, obviously, the main, the most important thing coming into the game is that players feel good about playing the game. It's like, I'm not going to fucking argue with the player when decisions are being made real time. It's like sometimes a player has locked in a champ that I don't agree with at all. And I'm going to be like, oh, this is how we have to fucking play it, guys. Let's focus on this. Let's make sure this happens with the game. I just focus on on forward, right? And obviously, if at that point in time, we cannot come to terms and find the solution and the conclusion that I want to, uh, uh, I want to make in that moment and that I believe was wrong, I mean, believed was right, then it's about the work beforehand that cemented that moment, right? If I say, yo, guys, yo, this champ is really fucking good here. We need to ban this and we need to pick this, okay? And then the player say, no, 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 I really, I, I really don't think so. I really want to play this champ here, right? And I would say, you sure? Because I think this is really, really good. And he's got, no, 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 please, 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 trust me. I'm going to say, okay, I fucking trust you. You know, even though in my mind, maybe it's fucking shit, right? It's more about, you know, what, what went in line, what, what was the preparation for that moment in time? Because the last thing I want when the game starts is that the player feels like shit. And that depends on the relationship. Some players, I said, yo, Ivan, I need you. Uh, like, I just used Ivan as an example. And sometimes I've been like, oh, Ivan, trust me. Yeah, you need to fucking play this champ. Yeah, trust me. Maybe you don't feel right about it, but trust me. You know, I've, I've used that card too. But it depends on the relationship that you have with the player, right? It's, it's, it's always, you know, a, a balancing game, you know? I think uh, G2 uh, had great momentum. I think they had very strong mental in the games. I think they had um, really, really, they were very quick to bounce back in terms of what the game plan was, even in moments where things, uh, they made a couple of mistakes. I think that's really powerful. I think they had a very good idea of how they wanted to play the game. And I think they were all behind the same idea and very important. I think G2 was very disciplined and that's it, you know. Okay. Well, I think that concludes uh, the episode of The Voice of Yamato, guys. I, I appreciate all of you that showed up. Ellis said himself that he would never cripple players' confidence when it comes to drafting, but he would rather slowly introduce pick that he considers the best. Yeah, well, that makes sense, right? It's like you, you need to... Like, the conclusion needs to be organic. You can't, like, force your hand. It's like, I'm not fucking Bane. You know, I don't walk up to a player and, like, put my... And he's like... Well, well, I, I am the one picking the champion. And then I'm like, I'm putting my hand on like, do you feel like you're in control? So do you feel like you're in power? I was molded by it. You know, like I, I don't do that shit, you know. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, you know. Even that moment, you know, I know that the vein pick thing is so fucking legendary but Vayne was fucking troll <laughs> like 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 Corky was pretty fucking decent you know so like I understand Dylan's Dylan's feeling there it's like yo it's like Corky is pretty fucking decent there Corky you played a lot against Galio it's like I'm fucking I want to play Vayne <laughs> picking Vayne 
<laughs> and then almost he's fucking Sulu loses the game. He's fucking behind early and so forth. And then, you know, Han Samba just fucking W's in and just gets Eden to the wall. You know? And and dies. And then it's like, hey! Then he did this. 12 million views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for the Comden, they would literally lose. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's like sure you can you can say the Condemn was gorgeous, but the, the Tristana just went completely like completely ballistic. I think Hansama in that moment's like, holy shit, I'm gonna be fanatic, baby, and then he just died. Anyhow, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming. I hope I provided some insights. I don't know how to timestamp this shit. Uh, I wish you all the best. Um, an additional thing I wanted to bring up, but I think we can leave that for another episode. I'll catch you guys on the flippity flop. Bye bye. <laughs>